This episode contains sexual content and references to drug use. I entered my 30s excited because I realized I was finally going to experience dating as an adult and I was just going to get all of that out of my system. And then by the time I'm 31, I'm going to find my husband and I'm going to get married. And it didn't happen like that at all. Let me introduce you to Lori. Like too many women in their 30s, Lori is tired. Tired of hearing the same old story. Maybe you're just too picky or maybe you're not trying hard enough. And I don't think they realize you just don't go into a grocery store and select a husband. You have to meet the right person. In fact, Lori tries harder than most and refuses to give up. Because if you kiss enough frogs, maybe you'll finally meet your prince, right? I went on some really great dates with guys that just weren't the right guy for me. But I also went on some dates with guys that made me seriously question if there is one sane man out there. If there's one sane man out there, huh? Let's run through some of those more strange dates that Lori endured over the years. When he got to the date, he said, you actually may have heard about me. And I'm like, why would I have heard of you? And he said, well, because I was Dirty Dog of the Week. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And so he said, well, I was Dirty Dog of the Week. I was viral. I was all over the Internet. And this website listed me as Dirty Dog of the Week. You can Google it if you want to. So she does. Apparently, he was married. And his wife found out about it and posted all of it online Lori moves from one lily pad to the next, looking for her frog-enchanted prince. Instead of happily ever after, she finds married men, narcissists, misogynists, fetishes, and dick pics. I met a guy that I would talk to on the phone, and he was like, you know, I want to get to know you a little bit better. I want to take the conversation to a deeper level. And so he sent me a message at 7.30 in the morning and asked me my favorite sexual position. Lori has seen and heard it all. And it was so unexpected. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I haven't even had coffee yet. I literally just got to work and this is the first thing on your mind. Ask me if I've had breakfast yet. You're asking me if like, if I've been sandwiched between two men and I'm like, I haven't even had a breakfast sandwich already. It is too early for this. I'm Tay Diggs, and from Sony Music Entertainment, this is You Had Me at Hello, the show where everyday people share their extraordinary stories of how they met and fell in love and sometimes how things later fell apart. Love, its highs and lows, mess and drama, awkwardness and laughs. Come with us as we celebrate all of it. This week's episode is about learning to trust the process even when it can leave us feeling lonely, exhausted, or scared. Because the right person is always worth the wait. This is Always the Bridesmaid. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I felt myself afraid of being single because I saw my mom as a single mom and I know that she had things that made her happy, but you can tell there was a void. And I was afraid that I would end up also feeling like there was a void and not being able to just enjoy my life where it was. Back in 2010, Lori was in her late 20s and living in Chicago. she just ended a nine-year relationship. If this is the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life, am I going to be happy with the type of life we would have? And I knew that I was taking a chance of what if I never find this type of love again? What if I end up like how my mom was? What if as much as I want to be happy being single, I'm not? I didn't know if I was making the right decision, but I felt in my heart that the best thing for me to do was to end that relationship. Lori hadn't properly dated since the early 2000s. But by 2010, the world and the dating game had changed dramatically. My 20s were so easy to meet people because you're going out all the time, everyone's single, you're in college. And so when we broke up, I looked forward to those days of meeting a lot of guys again and going out on dates. When Lori was in college, the internet was in its infancy. Facebook had just launched, the iPhone didn't exist, and dating apps were a figment of the imagination. When I was dating before, we didn't even have cell phones. So for me, it was a huge adjustment because I felt like the courting was gone. You would give someone your number and they would send you an unsolicited picture or ask you for a picture. You know, you didn't feel like they even took the time to really get to know you. As Lori re-enters the dating world, the initial excitement quickly wears off. They're the guys who want to marry her before even meeting, men with wives and kids at home, dates who called women liars or simply just never stopped talking. It was Crazy experiences after crazy experiences. I couldn't believe how hard it was just to go on a good date. How am I going to get married when I can barely even get to a second date with someone? As Lori approaches her 30th birthday, she decides to pour her love into something else. Something which might surprise you. Lori decides to become a wedding planner. When I got out of my long-term relationship, I think that I needed something to take my mind off of things. And a good friend of mine at the time was planning her wedding. And so I was helping her with the details and just ideas. Lori spends hours and hours helping her friend plan the perfect wedding. I found myself almost addicted to looking at wedding images because it was such a distractor from the fact that I was newly single and I wasn't in a relationship. Lori decides to set up a social media account, sharing wedding inspiration and ideas. And within just a few months, she has a booming business helping brides bring their visions to life. I loved having my wedding account, my wedding business, but what people had no idea was that I was single. While Lori is living and breathing hundreds of brides' dreams, it feels like her own dream of finding the perfect man, a husband, will remain just that. A fantasy. 
here I am inspiring brides, celebrating people, crying when people were following me single, getting engaged, getting married. And I hadn't even experienced any of those things yet. And so being immersed in weddings that way, I think added to that anxiety of, am I ever going to experience this? Lori begins treating dating almost like a full-time job. If she's going to find the right person, the one, she needs to be organized and efficient. There was a restaurant in Chicago that I would always have dates go to because I personally love this pasta that they had. And so I felt like, you know what, if this date doesn't go well, at least I know I'm going to have a good meal. And every Sunday, Lori does just that. Same time, same restaurant, same meal, different man. I was on this dating app and I was meeting all these different guys and they would always seat us at the exact same table and I would get there last. And so I was like, these people are going to think I'm a call girl or something because every Sunday I'm coming here same restaurant, getting the same meal, and there's a new man at this table. No matter how many dates Lori sets up, it feels like one disaster after the other. None of these men seem like husband material. Until one day, she meets someone who is desperate for a wife. I met a guy in a dating app that lived out of state, and he was beyond ready to get married. Lori thought she'd take a chance on this guy. He lived further away than she was used to, but at least he wanted the same things that she did. So when we met each other in person, I flew out to see him, and we were going to a concert. So I'm fresh off of a flight, and I want to freshen up. When Lori gets to his house, things start to get weird. So I'm very girly, and he loved that about me. But he had this vision of what he wanted. He wanted me to wear heels in the house every day. He wanted me to be done up all day, every day. Then he saw me combing my hair and said, oh, no, 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 you can't comb your hair in the house. So he made me comb my hair in the garage. I had a special bathroom I had to use because he only wanted you to use one particular bathroom if you had to do more than pee. He becomes more and more controlling. He wanted me to send a picture every night and I love taking pictures like the next person, but I don't have time to do all of that. He would wake up the next morning and say, how come I didn't get my picture? Then, six weeks into dating. We had a little bit of an argument, I feel like, but I woke up the next morning, we slept in separate rooms, and he sent me an email and said, I still didn't get my picture. <laughs> me from the next room and asked me why didn't he get my picture. I knew then he was nuts. <laughs> what on earth has she been doing with this guy? So we ended up just ending the relationship altogether because I just couldn't deal with it. I would have been a prisoner had I have been with this guy. I mean, there were just so many red flags that I guess shame on me that you want to get married, you want to find someone, so you're trying to work it out. But that dating experience, I, I was embarrassed even telling people about it. Lori is so caught up in finding a husband, she does the one thing she always told others to avoid. Compromise. And anyone knows that when it comes to dating, settling for someone who doesn't recognize your worth 
can leave you feeling miserable. Your self-confidence starts to lag. Now, add in the fact that your career is helping couples create their dream wedding. It's no wonder Lori finds herself in a dark place. On an emotional level, I think that it just got to a place where I needed to remove myself from my own mental health because it started to feel like everybody was meeting someone and I'm still single. So I just had to just pull away because it was just not the right time for me to be involved in the wedding industry. Lori, now in her early 30s, begins facing the same pressures and worries that millions of women feel. That every decent guy is already taken. That your biological clock is ticking. And as you get older, it starts to get scarier because the dating pool gets smaller and the options get worse. And then you start wondering things like, what if I can't have kids? Especially as you watch your family and friends breezing through life, hitting all the big milestones in their careers and personal lives. Lori feels stuck on autopilot. I was celebrating everybody having accomplishments, whether it was job promotions or graduating school, finding love, having babies. And I felt like year after year, it was just so repetitive for me. Lori is fed up. She wants to start enjoying life, not wasting it away. She's ready to give up on men altogether. But... I figured, you know what? I'm just going to join a dating app one more time. And I'm only going to be on here a few days because I don't want to waste time. Lori decides to give love one last try. And maybe, just maybe, her Mr. Right is just to swipe to the right away. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My parents got together when they was like early 20s, you know, baby boomers, different time. They had one job and one relationship and one home and everything was very stable. This is Brendan. He and Lori both grew up in Chicago and were teenagers in the 1990s. But unlike Lori, who was raised by a single mom, Brendan grew up with both of his parents under one roof. They were together about 28 years, 30 years, and uh, it then, then when they got in their 50s, they got divorced. It isn't a huge shock to Brendan. He'd heard the fights and arguments over the years, and he sensed they were unhappy. But Brendan is in his early 20s. His adult life has only just begun, and his parents' divorce has a big impact on him. The problem is, marriage is supposed to last until death, not 30 years. 
so technically you failed. Technically you failed? Harsh words. No wonder Brendan can't help but look at his parents and think how much time he could waste if he follows their path. If you're somebody like me, I could have been on a motorcycle, I could have been uh, backpacking through Europe, I could have been having these crazy adventures. So when it comes to my parents, I look and I'm like, okay, marriage can wait. I knew it could wait because the goal is to make it till death. So <laughs> if I get married at 20, I ain't making it till death. <laughs> like, I wasn't mature enough. Brendan runs as far away from commitment and marriage as he could possibly get. He heads to none other than... Vegas. University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Uh, I think you can work out what happens next. So there's a motto out there, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. People really buy into that motto. They come in town for the weekend and hang out at limousines. You know, they're going crazy. They'll hook up with you and they don't even need to know your name. Which, at the time, for me, it was beautiful. You know, <laughs> it was beautiful. Like, I didn't, at the time, I, I, was, <laughs> I was, I was 21 years old. <laughs> At 22, I didn't have to introduce you to my parents. I didn't have to get your whole life story. I know that you're leaving Monday. Brendan really buys into the Vegas lifestyle. I was just used to just having women after women. He even keeps a tally. I'd put down her name, I'd put down uh, her specialty in bed, how good it was. <laughs> At this point, Brendan is working in the hospitality industry. Me and my friend, we're both waiters. He comes up to me and says, hey, you see that girl over there sitting at that table? I said, yeah. Oh, she's pretty. Yeah, she got a friend too. As soon as Brendan and his friend finish work, they link up with the two women from California. <laughs> we go to a bar, have a couple of drinks. It turns out my blind date, uh, she sold ecstasy. And I was kind of curious about that. I'm not a druggie, but that's the one I want to try. <laughs> so she said, yeah, like, you want to try one? Yeah. I tried some, we had drinks. We ended up in the hotel room. My friend has his girl on one bed, I have her on the other bed. That's, that's Vegas. The end. Brendan is having the time of his life. But after four years of nonstop partying, drinking, and hooking up, it gets a little too much, even for him. I said, okay, I'm gonna have to move back. This is not healthy for me. I can't keep doing this. So I came back home, finished my degree, moved back in with my mom. And my friends out here, they're married, uh, they're settled down. Back home, it feels like Brendan's entire social circle is coupled up. I just look at their relationships and uh, it just didn't look fun. I 100% thought they were dummies. I, don't, I never understood why you want to trade in your freedom like that at such an early age. He decides to leave suburbia and heads to downtown Chicago. So I got the apartment. I'm doing the bachelorhood. I do that for about three, four years. I start to do the relationship thing. And though he may have left Vegas, 
Vegas didn't quite leave him. So okay, ready to do the relationship thing. I find one girl, didn't work. Got to the next girl. That lasted about eight, nine months. That didn't work out. So I said, okay, I'm back single again. But after spending so many years of doing the bachelorhood, even Brendan starts to think that maybe life would be a bit nicer if he had someone to share it with. Someone who would stick around on a more permanent basis. I started sort of dating as a as an older person. I had about seven different girls that I was in contact with. And, and I just spoke to God one day and I was like, okay, I'm really tired of this. Like, no, this is seriously. Like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, okay, like, just send me one. Just as long as we get along and we love each other. Like, that's all I needed, you know? So I realized that I was kind of ready for that. Maybe God isn't the problem here, Brendan. Maybe you don't need a roster full of women you rotate in and out like a game. I go on Tinder and I'm swiping right, I'm swiping left, and I start to meet people. By the time Brendan reaches his late 30s, we're in 2019. No more meeting in bars and restaurants. It's all dating apps now. I go to the Bumble app and swipe. And then I see her, I come across her, and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> right? I'm like, uh-huh. When I first saw Brennan's profile, he looked like someone I can definitely hit it off with and have great banter with, but I didn't think that he was someone I could really be with because he had a little bit of a player vibe. I, I read her bio, I see the pictures. Um, she, in one of the pictures, she is like in a country, a foreign country, so it seems like she travels and stuff, right? And very articulate, dark skin, petite. He has a really strong jawline, and I can tell the way that he was holding his face. He was trying to emphasize it, which made me feel like there was a player vibe there for some reason. And his eyes, he was smizing a little bit. So I used a super swipe. <laughs> you gotta pay extra for this. <laughs> I used it on her to let her know, like, hey, I'm really feeling you. Because Bumble is an app where the girl has to message you first. So I needed her to message me. <laughs> Lori plans on staying on the app for only a few days. So when she sees Brendan's super swipe, she thinks, what do I have to lose? And she messaged me. That's after the break. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. So our first conversation went really smooth where we just started quarantine that week. We were so new into This is March 2020. A lot about it. So it was a lot of small talk about are you working from home? How's that going? How do you feel being quarantined? 
And it turned out that we had so many things in common. We're both from the same area growing up. And we have a lot of the same interests. We both love travel. I ran a marathon. He'd always wanted to. (laughs) Okay, Brendan. Sure. I went to Facebook and I've looked her up. I'm looking at her cover photo. She's standing with a group of friends and I'm looking at the, the friend group and I'm like, I know you, I know you, I know you. And I was like, oh my God, one of them is my sister's best friend as well. So they shared a best friend. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I do not like to date women that are are known, that are too close to the circle, too close to my sister, too, no, uh uh-uh. Because if it doesn't work out, then it affects people. I screenshot my conversation with him and I sent it to my best friend, just like how girls do, where you go, oh, I'm on a dating app and I met this guy and we're talking and I think I kind of like him. And she said, that's Nia's brother. And I only know one person named Nia. We have a mutual best friend. I could not believe that he was brother to someone that I've known since I was 19. And so then I kind of freaked out because by this time we're talking for maybe two weeks and... His sister and I had actually talked on social media DMs about my dating experience. I feel like I'm I'm never going to meet anyone. And so I also kind of felt like, well, if she knew I was looking for someone, she didn't mention she had a brother, maybe that was on purpose. Maybe because she wouldn't ever recommend someone dating her brother. They don't know it, but Brendan and Lori are both having the exact same concerns. Would this potential match crash and burn before the two had even met? I acted like I didn't know. (laughs) And I just kept the conversation going. (laughs) I was like, shit, this better work out. (laughs) Brandon keeps the conversation flowing. And even though Lori suspects he might be a player, she decides to take a chance and give Brandon her phone number. They end up talking for an hour. One hour becomes two hours, and then two hours becomes an everyday occurrence. We talked on the phone, and... I go on the dating app to delete my profile, and I go to his page, and he had changed his picture and added a note in his profile saying, if you're just looking to blow time with quarantining, don't reach out to me. And so that was like, wait, what are you doing updating your profile and adding new messages on your page? That means that you must still be on here and looking for people. Well, first off, let me say this. It was great to talk to her every day. Every day. We talked for about an hour and a half, hour to hour and a half every day, freaking straight. Okay? Like, and a, and a man like, <laughs> and remember, I am used to getting what I want right away. And what's that, Brendan? Long romantic walks? Intellectual conversation? So, but it was it was nice, though. It was nice. Uh, I think a person like me, that's that's how you have to play me. That's how you have to do it. I'm waiting for the butt. Uh, But full transparency, I did not stop talking to a couple of other girls, though. And there it is. Because I didn't know where this was going to go. And I didn't want to put all my eggs in one basket. So I still entertained a couple other girls. But I understood that she was the main girl. And I just flat out asked him about it. And he said, well, I just didn't really like the picture that I had. But, you know, I'm not really trying to talk to other people like how I am you. But I am still on the dating app. So I still just feel like, oh, I don't know about this one because I'm looking for him to say, I'm going to get off this dating app because I just want to focus on you. But this time around, Lori doesn't bend. She doesn't compromise. 
she makes him work for it. She made me go through the ringer. Text messaging her, text messaging like, hey, are you ready to video call? Do you want to, like, I'd love to see you. No, like, no, not yet, not yet, I'm not ready yet. After making him wait for over a week, Lori agrees to a video call. I'm looking at this guy that wasn't shaved, his hair wasn't cut. He's looking at me, and I look absolutely terrible, too. So we got to know each other in our rawest form. We both got the COVID hair and everything like that. We're at our absolute worst. The way that we met each other forced us to sit down and get to know each other on a deeper level where we had to have conversations because that's all we had. I kind of felt like I grew up with her. <laughs> she, she told me during the conversation she had how she had bunion surgery and this and that. And like, <laughs> I, I knew everything about this girl. A month goes by, and Lori now has Brendan experiencing feelings he never even knew he could have. By this time, she's in my freaking head. So now I say, hey, like, it's a nice day out. It's been a while. Like, maybe it's a good time. Maybe, like, I'd like to maybe pick you up and, like, I'd like to see you, even if we see wave, wave to each other across the street. Can we just do that? Uh, is this the same Brendan? The man who gets every woman he wants when he wants? And now he's desperate for a wave across the street? I think he might be hooked. I really started liking him because I can tell that feeling that I had that he was talking to other girls. I didn't think that he was anymore, so I was starting to kind of let my guard down. Lori finally agrees to meet, and the pair decide to go and get yogurt. It's one of the only places open during quarantine. By this time... It didn't even matter what she looked like, because by now she's damn near my best friend at this point. <laughs> you know, I was going to work with it no matter what. And I'll never forget when he picked me up from my apartment, it felt like someone pressed play and we had always been together. It was pretty much a done deal by the time I saw her black leggings on and her curly hair. She has all black. And yeah, she's she's beautiful. She's a banger. And I'm like, oh, this is it. I can tell he had a nice height. He seemed to be in shape. And I was relieved that he looked just like his pictures. I remember we went on a little walk and I felt good next to him. It feels like finally everything falls into place. We went to the same church. We had the same aspirations. We had the same dream condo. Brandon and Lori are sure they just met someone who was about to change their life. Someone they knew was worth the wait. It didn't matter that they knew the same people. They actually admit to stalking each other online and laugh about it. And it didn't matter that they each had a colorful dating history. Something had brought them together at the right place and the right time. But for Lori, there's still one big hurdle, her mom's approval. I share with her all of my dating stuff. And so she knew all about the crazy dating experiences that I had and all the mistakes. And I remember one time she even told me, don't cry over a man, because I called her crying because somebody hurt me. 
And so I made a promise to myself, I'm not telling my mom about anybody else until I know, because I don't want her to start getting worried about me. But Lori never anticipates what happens next. Her health took a turn two months after we met each other. And she lived out of state. And so I had to go out of state to be with my family. And I didn't know how long I was going to be gone. She went to Atlanta for three weeks. Yeah, when she was gone, she's like the first girl that I've actually missed like that. Because she was only supposed to be gone for one week. And one week becomes two weeks. And then two weeks become three weeks. And all of a sudden, you're starting to worry. Like, uh, am I going to lose her? Is she going to lose interest? When Lori gets to the hospital, the gravity of her mother's situation hits her. I knew her condition wasn't good, but seeing her in person, I realized how bad it was. And I realized this may be one of the last times I talk with her because I don't know how much longer we're going to have. And so the fact that my mom and I are having what could be our last conversation and I'm telling her things. Lori knows her mom won't last much longer, but she surprises herself when she comes out and says, I met someone. And I knew in that moment, he was way more special to me than I thought because I would have never told my mom about someone when there was a possibility that was our last conversation if I had any doubt or he wasn't someone I knew she would be happy to know I found. That's when I knew he's the one. They say that absence makes the heart grow fonder. Maybe it's true because Brendan misses Lori like he's never missed anyone before. She was out there for three weeks, and I said to myself, by the time she comes back, she's my girl. If she was still interested in that. When I got back from being with my family, I finally had my hair done, I had on makeup, I had a cute outfit on. And when I came out of the airport, the wind was on my side, it blew my hair, gave me the Beyonce blow. He's standing there, the sun is shining. I mean, it was just like the perfect setup, like a movie. And I remember looking at him like, oh wow, he's really handsome. He has dimples, which I'm a sucker for dimples, which I couldn't see during COVID because he had this big beard. And <laughs> finally saw what his face actually looked like. And he saw me and he looked at me and he said, that's her. I picked her up from the airport and I saw her and she was looking beautiful, long hair. And she came and gave me a big hug and big kiss. I'm like, yep, yeah, it's over. And I guess you could say this is a fairy tale come true. But let's not forget how this story began. Lori has a successful business creating the perfect wedding day for couples. Would she finally get to fulfill her own dream of being a mom and a wife? Would she finally get to walk down the aisle? Because of the fact that I was older, I was in my late 30s, we thought that if we were to try to get pregnant, it would take time. We ended up getting pregnant the first try. And that was a huge shock. It just felt like one more thing that felt unreal. One of those dreams you don't think is going to happen. 
It was so unexpected that Lori's 40th birthday celebrations had to be put on hold. We were going to go to Napa Valley in California. And because I was so sick and exhausted, we canceled it last minute and ended up being here for my birthday in Chicago. That whole summer, I'm setting up her proposal for Napa Valley, California. We, we found out that she's pregnant in August and just throws all that out the way. So I had to set up a last-minute proposal. <sighs> like the clock is starting to wind down. I got the most expensive hotel room in Chicago for us to be at. It's the hotel of her dreams. Dinner set up. I write in a journal my thoughts and stuff like that. Uh, me and her shared a journal as far as uh, different thoughts, whether it's good or bad, things about our relationship that we can sort of look. When we're older, we can look in it, right? Yes, y'all, this is the same man. That forever bachelor in Las Vegas is now writing a proposal speech in a love journal that he shares with his soon-to-be wife. I told her that I had a special entry that I wanted to read to her at a Buckingham Fountain. Buckingham Fountain is a huge Chicago landmark. It's a pretty romantic spot. Manicured walkway, evergreen trees, Lake Michigan in the background. We go to the fountain, and I kind of opened up the journal entry. He had the journal on him, and I thought that was a little weird. I was like, why does he have the journal with him? And I also am wondering, but of course you don't want to get excited and think that it's an engagement. I'm thinking, is he going to break up with me? And, like, write, he wrote down, like, what he's going to say. You know, I didn't know what direction he was going with it. Friday, September 3rd, 2021, I said, Lori... Uh, I've been lying to you for a year and a half. I should have been honest with you from the beginning, but I was scared. You asked me when I was in love with you. I always said it was when you came back from Atlanta. But as I always reflect over the course of our relationship, I knew you would be my wife from the day we went for yogurt. You are my best friend, my love, my heart. You have become the top priority in my life. I can't see a life without you in it. I love you unconditionally. I got on my one knee, and I said, that being said, I have a question to ask. And she said yes. Just like that, Lori is pregnant and engaged just days before her 40th birthday. Once she gives birth to her son in April 2022, she starts up her wedding business again. With new energy and excitement, now she gets to plan her own big day. Finally, Lori had what she always wanted and deserved. And all those people who told her she was too picky, all the dates that made her feel inadequate or worthless, she knows now that in her heart, she was right. It was worth the wait. There's so much pressure to have things happen within a certain time. And for a lot of women, they're told they have to accomplish all these things by 30. I was well past 30. I was almost 40. And so... By the time it happened for me, I had already felt like, you know what, maybe my window has passed. And I accepted that. But sometimes things happen when we least expect them to. Brendan never had a goal to be married. Then someone came into his life with their own life experiences who knew what it felt like to be judged and knew how to love him, flaws and all. 
love is I got your back no matter what. Love should be unconditional. And I actually do feel like it is unconditional. Like she prays for me, um, which is amazing, you know. She just is the most supportive woman. So it just makes me wanna just be great, do great, you know, sort of give everything I have towards her. So now when it's time to go take vows next year, when they say for better or for worse, then I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I know that's for better or for worse. So I think that if I can do anything differently looking back, I would just trust that things will happen that you want, just maybe not in the time frame you expect. It would have probably prevented some sleepless nights, some tears, some bad dates with guys that I only went out with because I didn't want to miss out on a possible option. Everything did work out. And looking back, the woman that I am today, I wouldn't be that woman if it weren't for those single years. So I really just would want to tell anyone that is looking for love, not to compromise on what love story you want, the type of person that you want. Just believe that person is out there. It just may not happen in the time frame that you would want it to, but it'll all make sense why it happened when it did. And it did. She and Brendan will say I do in August 2024 in an intimate Italian villa-themed wedding with close friends and family. Lori kissed a lot of frogs before she found her prince and Brendan, who admittedly still had a few warts to shake off. Their story isn't just about patience and believing in yourself. It's also about being willing to try something new for the sake of love. Sometimes we get stuck in patterns like compromising our standards to overlook red flags or hopping from lily pad to lily pad just for a good time. But when you decide to stay true to your beliefs and when you make a genuine effort to commit, well, you can create your own fairy tales. I'm Tay Diggs, and this has been You Had Me at Hello. If you have an incredible love story, please reach out to us at lovestories@sonymusic.com. We'd love to hear it. You Had Me at Hello is a Sony Music Entertainment production. It's hosted by me, Tay Diggs. This episode was produced by Martha Miller and Olivia Cope. The production coordinators are E.K. Egbatola and Lily Hamley. Production manager is Kat Moran. It was written by Nicole Perkins and the production team. Alciona Mick composed the original music. The sound designer is Tom Drew. Isis Thompson, Louisa Field, and Tay Diggs are the executive producers. Special thanks to Jez Nelson, Chris Skinner, and Julia Stevenson. <laughs>